the Healing Through Love podcast with Charlene Lynch and Rose Davidson. In episode 23, Jody Gibson discusses how we can heal our map and what is the power of intention. Okay, hang on a second. Let me just, right, imagine, you know the times when you're like, wait a second, like, I feel like there's a big white guy that comes around, and I'm saying white meaning white beard, um, that comes around, I don't even want to say it on the show in case there's small humans, but he comes around a certain time of year, right? And so think about how quickly your beliefs change. So if you believe for that to be true, and I think he comes down the chimney, if all of a sudden, one day that's not true, right? All of your beliefs change and you go back and you go, wait, wait a minute, what happened? Wait a second. And you relive all those things. You relive all those Christmases or you relive all those gifts or whatever it was, right? The same things, the same thing happens when you realize there's things on your map that really aren't true. The Healing Through Love podcast with Charlene Lynch and Rose Davidson. The Healing Through Love podcast with host Charlene Lynch and Rose Davidson would love to acknowledge Global Glamping Charities Incorporated for generously supporting this podcast. Global Glamping Charities, solving homelessness in all of its forms. Reach out to them at globalglamping.org. Welcome to another episode of Healing Through Love. Each week, we share ideas, experiences, and resources to increase the awareness of domestic and family violence and to empower survivors to grow and thrive. We talk with experts who share their advice or with people who have experienced abuse, no matter where they are on their journey. This is all about healing through love. And now, here are your hosts, Charlene Lynch and Rose Davidson. Welcome to the Healing Through Love podcast. I'm your host, Charlene Lynch from charlenelynch.com. Healing Through Love is a social enterprise whose vision is to shift awareness on domestic and family violence within the community and support our survivors. Our mission is to provide family and domestic violence survivors with a soft place to land by offering them advice and services available to them and their families. We interview experts and survivors who share their personal stories and offer advice to those who have experienced abuse, no matter where they are on their healing journey. Today, I've got a special guest with me, Jodie Gibson, and she is a human behavior expert and master coach. Jodie has spent the last three decades, that's 30 years, studying each and every layer of human behavior. Her work is deeply layered in development psychology. I knew I'd get that word wrong, and that's okay. NLP, neuroscience, um, and trauma levels of energy and power of intention and the law of vibration. At the intersection, she creates with these, and it is beyond incredible. She's got a beautiful book, and she's going to share with us today her story. And so that's what I'd love to do. Ask Jodie, tell me about your story. How did you get to where you are now? 
Absolutely. And first, let me just take a moment and say thank you so much for sharing this time with me. Yes, absolutely. I'm honored to, I'm always honored to share and to be able to share my, not only my my story, but the wisdom behind it. Because I think that's the most powerful thing is when people can hear themselves or see themselves in your story. Um, to share a little bit about my own story, I barely graduated from high school. I came from a pretty rough area. And I, I want to say rough in the mental space, not really rough in the um, financial space, but but still not a fun area to grow up in. And shortly thereafter, shortly after graduating, um, I became a mom. So here was a wildly uneducated teen mom who was immediately in a space of, I can't function like this. And I feel like as soon as I had my daughter, I knew something had to change yet I had no idea how far behind the ball I was. And so I started going to school only to realize that I was really barely educated. I think when all was said and done, I had roughly a sixth grade education. So here I am in undergrad, failing class after class, um, retaking classes, small child in tow, and all I wanna do is heal and or understand this journey. And so it came to, um, me studying all these different layers of psychology and human behavior. And I know it sounds crazy, but I think Tony Robbins was a household name in my house from, I don't know, I was probably 12 or 13. And so it was like, I knew there was a way, I just didn't know how to get there. And so I continued on this journey and um, I kept taking, I want to say little baby step by little baby step. It wasn't at all like staircase by staircase. Sometimes it was two steps up and six back, but I just kept climbing and I just kept knowing that the more I learned and the more I educated myself formally and informally, the only place I could go from where I was, was up. And one thing I just was not willing to settle on was being stagnant or remaining where I was because there was already nothing there for me or my daughter. So I share that in saying um, it was quite a journey. And over time, I went on to finish undergrad. I finished grad school, which blew my mind because I don't even think in those first early days of community college, I don't even think I knew what grad school was or knew the difference. And so between my experiential journey and my formal education, I've really come to understand human behavior. And even post-grad school, I think I, I finished nearly 13 years ago. And from the moment I finished, I started taking classes outside of formal education. Because one thing I knew for sure was our current Western approach doesn't get you there. And so I started studying NLP. I started studying consciousness. I started studying trauma. I started following Gabor Matei and Bessel van der Kolk and um, Paul Hegstrom and all these fascinating people who really understood and embraced trauma at a completely different level. And they were also all people who were never formally educated in that space. They kind of stumbled upon it. And the more I learned, the more I healed and the more I wanted to learn. And so then I just continued on and I went to coaches training and I started coaching at a really intent level. I did more NLP training. I did more trauma training. And then I got to a point where people were asking me for advice that were well-versed in, or maybe I shouldn't say well-versed. They appeared to be people who 
the outsiders thought, right? I had psychologists wanting me to train them. I had therapists, I had psychotherapists, I had social workers, people like that reaching out to me saying, can you train me in these things that you know, because we don't get this training in school. And that was when I realized that I was onto something. And so it was at that point that I started collecting content and I collected content for a long time. And this book, um, I just wrote a beautiful book called Healing Your Map. The book came out at the beginning of this month. So the beginning of November, um, and it really is a treat, but looking at it full circle from a girl who barely graduated from high school to now be holding a book that you can purchase on Amazon worldwide is pretty surreal. And so I'm, I'm just sharing that and saying anybody that's listening to this, just know that anything is possible. Yeah. I often say too, it doesn't matter where you started. What matters is what you're willing to do in order to heal. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, fundamentally, is the book designed for people who are therapists or is it designed for people that are hungry for the knowledge of that development? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's actually built for both because both of those people are my, I want to say like both of those people are my ideal clients. So I often have coaches and therapists, psychologists, mental health professionals that come to me and say, can you train me? And I also have people that are on the journey. And so the book was really a hybrid space that was built for both people. And it's it's utterly in layman's terms. I've made it as simple as possible. There is a glossary in the back, but really is just for some of the things that I create and some of the acronyms that I use. This is a very simple book to read and to digest. And that's kind of my whole theory. My whole theory on mental wellness is we're overcomplicating it and we're not talking about the things that really matter. And so I think once people realize how much of their own mental wellness they can hold in their own hands and be in charge of, it's then that things start to change for them. Yeah, it is about taking that victor stance rather than the victim stance and uh, taking that level of ownership and uh, accountability and responsibility for our own thought processes, for our own language, for our own journey and um, and moving away from that blame, you know, denial and, uh, and yeah, where I used yeah, to. And I, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and I think too, the other part of that is a lot of that is a learned behavior. And so if I don't realize that I have options, I may only believe that I'm a victim. And I think that's one of the things that we don't realize is how much ownership we can take on our own life. Yeah, I look from um, from a genetic perspective and uh, family patterns. So uh, I come from a, a lineage of alcoholics, a lineage of hoarders. And here I found myself in my 40s, 30 years an alcoholic, well, close to 50 so 30 years a, a, an alcoholic and um and a hoarder like spectacular hoarder not just little hoarder like we're talking 33 cubic meters of stuff and uh and I, I didn't even realize that it was a family pattern like the it had been kept so secret that it was a surprise to me to see where the lineage of that came from um, so yeah, so it, it wasn't until I stepped up and realized that I could have yeah. different choices 
But we don't because we live in an environment, we live in the quagmire, we live in the mud, we live and we can't see the forest for the trees because it, it you know, they are our relatives. These, this is the proximity that we keep. We don't have, uh, we, we, we don't see that we can change the proximity and change our identity so that we can live that new life. So I love it. A map to get yeah. me there is exactly what I needed. Where were you 20 years? Yes. I was just going to say too, I think oftentimes we can't see ourselves in the frame. I always say if you're in the picture, mm. right, you don't recognize if you're in the frame, you don't know what that looks like. Mm. And so it isn't until you can kind of dissociate and look back at the frame and go, wait a second, is that me? Mm. Or is that what I said? Or that's what I'm doing? And that was kind of my concept with with the map, right? And just to share a little bit about the the book is called Healing Your Map. And the concept is that the moment that you're conceived, you're given a blank map. So you have a map, I have a map, every single listener has a map, our kids have maps, our spouses, our parents, our sibling, everybody on the planet has their own map. And so the moment that you're conceived, your map starts collecting Every sight, every sound, every person, every relationship, every feeling, every fight, every good thing, every bad, it records every single thing you've ever been through in your life. And then with all of this attached on your map, this map then becomes the lens through which we see the world. And so if I can only see the world through my own life experience, how much of these other things am I missing out on? And what else is possible that maybe I didn't experience, right? So there might be a different perspective. You and I might witness the same thing and have two different recollections of what happened because our maps are different. Mm -hmm. And so I think the two things about the map is realizing that like when we look at the map and say, what is it that's on this map that's creating this view, right? Or this outcome, and how can I change that? And so when we dissociate from the map and say, what is it about my map that I'd like to change versus saying what's wrong with me? Mm. And I think that's the hard part for people is they don't want to, they don't want to have something wrong with them. They don't want to have to self-reflect because sometimes that's painful. Mm. And so yeah. when I say what's on my map, that's creating this outcome and why does my map keep leading me to the same place? Even though consciously I want to go to a different, I want to go over here but my map keeps taking me over there. Mm. And so that's the idea is until I heal the map, I'm going to keep getting the same outcome. The other part of that is to recognize, I feel like now there's two more things. The other thing is to realize we all have a different map and none of them are right or wrong. They're just different. And the more we can recognize our differences and kind of hold space and have energy and empathy for other people because sometimes I think we want to be right. And we're like, that's not what happened or that's not what I said, but that's what they heard. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause it bounced off of their map a different way than it came through yours. And so when we can realize that, I think we get a little bit more connected. We stop fighting because then we're like, it's not right or wrong. It's just different. Mm -hmm. And we start honoring other people's maps Versus staying so contracted and stuck in our own energy, trying to be right about our map. Yeah, right fighters. Yes, I love it. Right, 
Right. <laughs> Very Dr. Phil. I love it. And, and, you know, the whole concept of making your identity the third space so that you've got that space between thought and action and you can objectively look at it like you would objectively look at a client and uh, and, and you don't have to take the ownership of it because you're it's the third space. I love that. It's fabulous. Sure. Hmm. I think another piece I didn't share was our map was created by what I reference as the trusted voice, right? So we trusted people that helped build our map until we were aware of choice, right? And so parents, teachers, coaches, medical professionals, all of those people have deposited things on our map, whether they served us or whether they didn't. And whether we today would agree that we liked those things or we didn't right? But they became the norm through which we viewed the world, right? So I think about whether it's um, politics, religion, race, um, music, like all these different things that people like to argue about or be right about or really have a stand on. A lot of those came from your early map and or your complete disregard for, hey, I was raised in this kind of environment and now I want nothing to do with it, mm -hmm. right? And it's just recognizing how does that play a role in the way that I show up in the world today? And is it serving me or is it hindering me? Mm, it's so true. I feel like it's not, this is not just an individual thing. This is a global thing that globally the world is waking up and questioning the voices of authority and the choices that we've been given. I don't know. Is it, are, we, sure. are we allowed to go there? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that's the most powerful thing is when we realize, okay, hang on a second. Let me just, right. Imagine, you know, the times when you're like, wait a second, like, I feel like there's a big white guy that comes around and I'm saying white, meaning white beard um, that comes around. I don't even want to say it on the show in case there's small humans, but he comes around a certain time of year. Right. And so think about how quickly your beliefs change. So if you believe for that to be true, and I think he comes down the chimney, if all of a sudden one day that's not true, right? All of your beliefs change and you go back and you go, wait, wait a minute, what happened? Wait a second. And you relive all those things. You relive all those Christmases or you relive all those gifts or whatever it was, right? The same things, the same thing happens when you realize there's things on your map that really aren't true. So if you were raised in a world where you didn't feel like you were enough or somebody was constantly telling you that you weren't tall enough or small enough or green enough or long enough or whatever enough for them, and you normalize that and you build your world around those world, those words, it isn't until you're like, wait a second, I am enough. I am tall enough. I am whatever enough. And those words were actually about that other person. And they had deposited them on my map. But then now I have this clarity. And it's like, as soon as those things aren't true anymore, it changes everything. Because mm -hmm. you're like, wait, if I am worthy of that, then I am worthy of, like, say that I think sometimes people are not worthy of love or they're not worthy of their voice being heard, right? And so we'll use the voice because I think it's a good one. If you're used, if you're raised in an environment where your voice is not worthy of being heard, there's a lot of places you don't use it. And once you come to the epiphany and you realize your voice, your voice is worthy of being heard, how many places are you now going to use it? 
You may now use it as a parent. You're going to use it as a spouse. You're going to use it at work. You're going to use it with yourself. You're going to use it with your goals and your dreams and your education and all these other places. And so I always talk about like the secondary gain of removing things off of your map or the secondary gain of healing your map. It's often not just about changing that one belief, but it's about what happens as a secondary product or a byproduct of that belief being changed. And then all the other residual and ripple effects that happen from that one little drop or that one little belief was playing such a big role in holding you back from so many things. And so I think that's one of the powerful things about being in a, a violent environment or being in an abusive environment is a lot of times people are like, well, they've built this idea that they're not worthy, but they are. It's just that they haven't had enough exposure to being worthy or mm -hmm. people who felt worthy, right? So it's like, how would you know how to feel worthy if it's never been modeled to you? Mm. Exactly. I love right. it. So this is, uh, you were saying that we need to have um, awareness around our old story, um, whether it's right, wrong or indifferent. We need to just lift the level of awareness around it so that we can rewrite the new story. And right. so it's not like we can just go straight into write the new story because we still really need to have a level of awareness around the aspects of our identity, the aspects of our map that uh, are not serving us anymore so that we can rewrite them. Yes? Yes, absolutely. And I think that you hit it right on the head. And, and I always share that. Like, I always say as my coach, my only job is to create awareness. Really, that's my only I can't fix anybody because no one's broken. I can't heal anybody because that's somebody, that's everyone's personal job. But awareness equals access. Mm. And so my only job as a coach is to create awareness. Mm. Because I know as a fact, as soon as people have awareness, they take action. Mm -hmm. But what prevents them from taking action is that they're not aware of what they look like in the frame. They're not aware that this lens isn't everyone's reality. They think this, this is a universal lens versus it just being theirs, right? Yes, the I mirror. always have a mirror. <laughs> yes, where it's like, who am I being? And I think I shared that earlier. Um, in our emails, when we were emailing back and forth, and I was talking about like, what keeps people outside of their goals has nothing to do with what they're doing. And it has everything to do with who they're being. Mm -hmm. And once you learn how to be the version of you that stands in the space that serves you, everything changes. Absolutely. Yes. Because we change our thought processes around everything from our language to how we think, to how we dream, to how we respond to the space between thought and action. Everything changes when we are being the person that we aspire to, to be. Yeah. We, yes. It's like it's act as if, really. Um, and from language to clothing to everything else in between. And then it changes the way others behave as well because we are now acting as if, even our posture, yeah, it, it all changes the way others interface with us and then that just builds that level of identity as well. So and the acting as if uh, becomes becomes the new you. 
Right. And who would know any different? Right. I think when we act as if like people around us don't understand or realize, I, I was talking about this earlier with somebody and I said, if you're, I think sometimes people look at where they are today and where they want to be. And this gap feels so big that they think the first action they take is going to land them here. And this looks so big and scary. They don't take action. Right. And so I was talking about like, if, if you are afraid of using your voice with said person, right. Start using your voice with other people that don't really matter. So like when you're in the store, ask the clerk a question or ask the guy behind the counter a question, or when you're out in public, ask a stranger, Hey, what time is it? Or, Hey, uh, can you tell me the directions to blah, blah, blah. Even if you know the directions, right. But just get used to engaging in conversations that kind of make you a little bit nervous or kind of shift your energy a little bit. And the more you practice it, then when you try and use your voice with someone else, you're like, no, I, I've been practicing. I know how to use my voice now. And not that it may not catch you off guard, but that gap has has created some buffer. And this, this gap gets uh, tighter, right? It gets lessened by every time you practice, you build that muscle. And over time, this muscle starts to say, no, I would like to expand. I would like to be in use. And then you're so used to using your voice, you can't not use your voice. Mm. And so I think it's it's a really cool thing to say, like, start practicing the things that you want to become. And it just brings you closer to embodying them. Mm, I love it. I love it. And if you're listening today, then make sure that you grab hold of the book, which is just freshly off the press. We've got a link here in the show notes and in the description. Yes. And we've got a freebie for our listeners today. Is that right, Jody? Yes, absolutely. I have a fun thing on my website. It's called five quick ways to shift a behavior. And it's five short steps that you can walk through that will immediately shift the way that you feel about something or shift the way that you want to show up in the world. Very simple, available on my website. I love it. That sounds fantastic. So I will also put the details of the website here as well so you can jump onto that. Now, I understand that you offer a masterclass, which is always booked out and it's only offered a couple of times a year. Can you tell us a little bit more? Because we will have some listeners here today that will be interested in that. Yes, absolutely. So twice a year, I open the doors for that. It's usually February and maybe August or September. Uh, it's a closed private community that we really connect. And there's a lot of teaching and learning. And instead of it being a formal masterclass with tons of structure, there's a little bit more flexibility because I think everybody comes in on a different page and um, at a different pace. And so it's a very welcoming community, but we really build um, we build energy in that space and you build a culture within that space, which is why I don't want to disrupt it and have this open door where people are constantly coming in and dropping off. Most people stay, um, but those doors will open again in February. Um, I also have an, a link on my website that they could jump on if they wanted to be connected with that. That's fantastic. We'll make sure all of those details are there. So what's next for you? Mm, good question. I think what's next is um, I'm building out a, a method or a tool. It's called the NeuroEnlightened Method that will really walk people through how to make these incredible changes and make them permanent. 
And I also have a lot of people that are coaches and leaders that want to teach this to other people. So that, that should come out. That'll be a really deep course. It'll probably come out at the end of next year. Um, I'm still writing it. It currently has, um, it has about seven modules to it and it's going to be pretty intense. Um, aside from that, I think I'm also launching a podcast myself just to help people understand a lot of the readers have been reading the book and saying, we want to hear you using these tools. And there's a lot of people that I mentioned that helped pave my way that I'd love to bring on the podcast that, that can also talk about um, their energies around consciousness and trauma and NLP and developmental psychology and really diving into how all those pieces are connected and mm. how they show up in our world. I love it. So do you have any hints and techniques for our listeners today that they can incorporate into their daily habits to help them with that percent to move forward, the tiny steps between here and moving through the gap? Yes, absolutely. So I have this really fun thing. I, I can share it with you. It's pretty short and it's pretty simple. But I know, and we were talking about this earlier about all of us live inside this story, right? So we're constantly stuck in our story. And a lot of times we don't even realize that we're in it. And I created a really cool model called Interrupt the Story. And so next time you find yourself inside the story, I want you to stop. And I share with you saying stop, meaning S-T-O-P. And I have a fun acronym. S stands for story. So I want you to take a moment and say, I'm in a story. And T stands for true, saying how true is this story? Like, is this story universally true or is it just true to me? And then O is opportunity, meaning like what opportunity am I holding myself away from or what other option could I have that I could use right now if I wasn't so committed to the story? And then P stands for power. So if you imagine story, truth, opportunity, and power is S-T-O-P. And power is really like, how am I giving my power away by staying committed to this old thing? And where else could I find my, my power if I wasn't tied into this old story? And so I think once people walk through those four questions and ask themselves those four questions, they really get a new insight. Okay, okay, maybe I'm right. That story really wasn't serving me. And they find a new path. And it, it starts to reshape their map. And instead of their map continually just taking them default, over to this side, it's going to start re-navigating them because the more aware they become around these stories and where they came from and how they serve them, the more they realize, okay, that's that story is not going to get me to where I'm trying to go. Mm. Yes, yeah. I love it. I love it. So listeners, you've been listening today to Jody Gibson and uh, with a new book that's just released, uh, can I implore you to get hold of the book? It's available on Amazon. The links will be here. And, uh, and reach out for that amazing freebie to help you move forward. Yeah. And if you are in a space where you want to heal yourself or you're now wanting to heal others, then consider the masterclass that's opening in February. And there's also another one in August, September next year, 2023, which is only around the corner. And to leave us today, Jody, have you got any final uh, words of goodbye? Um, I just wanted to share again, I think I said it early on, but I, I'd love to enlighten people and share with them. It does not matter where you started. What matters is what you're willing to learn in order to heal. And if I can be a testament to barely graduating from high school with a baby in tow, to now having a bestseller on Amazon, 
it it doesn't even compute for me some days. It's really surreal. But just know that anything is possible as soon as you become aware of what what's covering your lens and what's on your map. Mm, I love it. Jody. I could chat with you all day. <laughs> it has been, I don't know where the half an hour has gone. It's just disappeared. I'm looking forward to having you back on a guest as a guest again soon. We're hoping, yes. especially before you launch your, your next masterclass. That's a goodbye from us today at Healing Through Love. Bye for now. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Healing Through Love. You can get further resources, see the show notes, or simply reach out to us via our website at htlaustralia.org. Thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to your company next time on the Healing Through Love podcast.